welcome to episode three of Momentous Struggle, a Statter Wars Shatterpoint podcast. In today's podcast, I'm going to be discussing the next two transmissions in regards to Shatterpoint gameplay. The first transmission we're going to talk about is aptly named Shatterpoint gameplay. The second one that we are going to be discussing is in regards to stat cards. As always, my name is Todd, and I'm a miniature gamer. Just a quick disclaimer, at the time that this podcast is being released is after Adepticon has actually taken place. Atomic Mass Games was kind enough to provide us with a demo of the game and put that up on YouTube for anyone to view. I went ahead and linked that demo in the description of this podcast so that you can view that yourself so you can better understand the rules and see, along with seeing them as they are being played out. Let's go ahead and jump into the first transmission that we want to talk about today. Uh, that is the Star Wars Shatterpoint gameplay transmission from February 27th. The first thing that they jump into along with uh, when talking about gameplay is the range tools that will be used. If you have played Marvel Crisis Protocol, you'll be familiar with these most of these range tools. They have a range 2, 3, 4, and 5 range tool, which are pretty much almost exactly like the ones you have seen if you played Marvel Crisis Protocol. There is a fifth one that you may not be familiar with, and that is a shove tool. They don't go into much detail in regards to what that shove tool does, but I'm sure we can get a little bit more information as the time goes on. Keep in mind the range 1 does exist even though there is a 2, 3, 4, and 5 range tool. That range 1 is basically the small end of any of the 5 range tools that are available just like I said in Marvel Crisis Protocol. As far as movement tools go, this is a little different from Marvel Crisis Protocol. There is only 2. There is your normal move and your short move. Uh, the normal move is the move that you will automatically take whenever you make a a move advanced movement. Uh, and the short movement, they will be in regards to different movements like jumping, climbing, dashing. So any of the non-typical advanced moves will be typically used for the short with that short tool. This article does go on to talk about the dice that are utilized in the game. There are two different types of dice for this game. There are the defense dice and attack dice. Attack dice are eight-sided dice, while the defense dice are six-sided dice. They, go, they will go into a little bit more detail in later articles, but you can also see these in play on the video of the demo that they have provided on the Atomic Mass Games YouTube channel. The first mention of how the back and forth of the game is played is mentioned in here as well. They do say that there are no rounds in Shatterpoint at all. Basically, you will just alternate back and forth until the game ends. So there will be no round one, round two scoring. You will just score at the end of each turn. They don't go into that in this article, but they do mention that how the scoring happens in the YouTube video. I have had the chance to watch that with uh, Will Schick and him jumping back and forth on the video. It's quite entertaining, and it does give a very good idea of how the game is played. I, I can't recommend enough 
taking a look at that video, watching it. It is about an hour long, but it is definitely well worth the watch. So a lot, like they said, a lot of the mechanics that happen at the end of rounds typically are happening, are integrated into each player's turn, happen at the end of the turn, um, which makes the game go a lot faster. You don't stop and tabulate a lot of things like you would in Marvel Crisis Protocol where you have that beginning of round, end of round phase. So there, there is a, it's something probably some players will need to get used to, but I do find it went pretty seamlessly during the demo. This might be a little more difficult for some players to get used to. Um, I can see that it might be a little bit of a struggle when I first start to play the game, um, but I think it'll be something that we can easily adjust to as you play this game more and more. So they do go into what you do during your activation as well. Uh, you can take up to two actions like in, in most skirmish games that are available. Uh, you can make a move action, uh, which they basically advance, dash, or climb. You can focus. That means that the next attack made, you add a dice to your attack roll. Uh, you can take a combat of some sort, um, basically a ranged or melee attack based off of what I saw in the video. You can use one of your abilities. There are multiple abilities listed on the card, um, on, on each player's card. You can recover, which means that the unit can heal. They can heal um, one condition or one damage or or another allied character within range two. So you can heal one of your an allied character. You can take cover. That means each character in the unit is pushed and gains a hunker down token. Um, the hunker down token, I don't know if they go into the, they don't, I don't believe they go into it in this article, but in the video, basically that adds a defense dice to your role uh, when you're, when you're making your dice pool or combat. So that is something beneficial for you to take advantage of. Activations for the game actually happen a little bit differently than most people are going to be used to when you choose which units you want to activate. Uh, instead of being able to carefully decide I want which order you want to activate your characters, this is dictated by what by what they call an order deck. Your order deck basically is a card you have a, is made up of multiple cards for each unit that you brought with you to the table. So as mentioned previously in your squad building, or I should say strike force building, you create two different squads to create your strike force. Your squads will have your primary, your secondary, and your supporting unit. And you will have each a card for each one of those units. So there will be a total of six different cards that you will have for your units that you bring, as well as something called a Shatterpoint card. That deck will be shuffled and placed face down for you to choose to, and you draw from the top of your deck. The card that you draw from your top of your deck will be the one that you have to play. Uh, you can do something called putting that card into reserve. So say you pull a card and you don't quite want to activate that particular one. What you would do is place that into reserve and draw the next card. That would force you to play the card. That, that card would be forced to play. There is a cost of placing a card in reserve. They do not address it in this article, but as I said, I have watched the video. You will pay a force point in order to put that card in reserve. Uh, that is a pool of 
tokens that you get based off of the characters that you are bringing to the table. Uh, I will I can go into a little bit more detail into that as they approach that. But basically, what we're looking at is on the front of the card uh, for each uh, for each character card, there is a force stat that is that is only applied to your primary units, the secondary and the supporting units will not have a force stat. That pool from both of your your uh, primary units will be what you can pull from. So for example, they do show Anakin Skywalker's uh, card. He has a force stat of four. So he would add four points, uh, force points into your pool that you would be using. So you could spend one of those force points to put a card into reserve. This is not a unlimited supply, so you will you have to judge how you use that. And there are many different statistics or abilities that will require you to use that, those force tokens. So you want to make sure you're using those as efficiently as possible during gameplay. One thing to keep in mind, though, is that that force those force pool of tokens will replenish when your order cards run out because you are going to just go back and forth between you activating characters between you and your opponent eventually you will activate every character and you that means that every card will be turned over if once that happens you would take your cards and shuffle those cards back up again once that happens then you would replenish your your force one thing to keep in mind when reserving your cards or putting a card into reserve is you can only have one card in reserve at a time. So if you draw another card that you don't want to play while well, you have one in reserve, you're just going to have to play that card. So you do want to select which card is in reserve as efficiently as possible. As I did mention in regards to your force pool, uh, they do also take into account different abilities uh, they do show in the article uh, for the gameplay the back of Anakin Skywalker's card in which they show force jump and it has a force symbol there meaning that if you were to use this ability you would also need to spend one force point and that is the extent of what was provided in this article next I want to kind of jump into the March 6th transmission, the Star Wars Shatterpoint stat card overview. Each character in Star Wars Shatterpoint is going to have at least two specific cards to them. Oh, I should say three. They have their stat card. They have their order card, which goes into that order deck. And they're also going to have something called a stance card. The stance card doesn't go into great detail in this article, but it is made mention at the end. Uh, they do go into great detail in regards to the stance, or I'm sorry, the stat card. The stat card is the card that on the front uh, shows the character, lists them as either a primary, secondary, or support unit, shows the number of models in that unit, as well as the points to that they either allow to have built for their squad, or the point cost to put them into your squad on the front side. On the back side, 
It does list multiple things um, that we have seen before. It has the name of the character on the very top. It has a list of all of the abilities that that character has. It also has the tags. For example, with General Anakin Skywalker, it lists his tags of 501st, Force User, Galactic Republic, and Jedi. These come into play when you are looking at the abilities that you can, that some characters are able to have, uh, and how they impact other characters. On the right hand, right, bottom right hand corner of the card also lists their stamina and durability. These uh, go into how a character is injured and removed from the game. Uh, basically, and I am pulling this again from the video that I had watched of uh, the demo, the stamina is each wound that they take and you once you get to that maximum amount of um, damage I should say not wounds damage that they take then they will get a wound uh, for example Anakin Skywalker has 11 stamina so he can take 11 damage before he gets a wound and remember there was in the previous article they did talk about the ability to heal or to be healed by others so that will come into play if someone is close to getting a wound or, or, or close enough to in with damage that they would potentially get a wound so that's something that you would want to keep in track of during gameplay each individual ability that the characters have are, are broken down into different types there is active abilities uh, that is shown by having a circle with an arrow pointing down there is reactive, which is a circle with basically arrows on each side of that circle. There is innate, which is a circle with a line through it. Tactic, which is a circle with a plus sign in the middle. And then there is identity, which is basically a circle with a line and like a burst in the middle. Uh, so let me go back through each one of these. Active abilities are actives that can be used anytime during the character, or I'm sorry, the unit's activation. If that, if the text begins with action that means that they have to spend an action to do it um, as mentioned in the previous article they do also have that force symbol that they will have that cost of forced in order to do those the reactive abilities are only abilities that can be used when they're when a specific triggering event happens for example if someone is being attacked a unit is being attacked they can use this reactive ability if it says when this unit is targeted by an attack. Uh, again, you may need to use force tokens in order to pay for these abilities. That's where managing that resource is going to become important, I think, when this game happens. Again, I don't, they haven't gone into great detail, but I feel like resource management is something that's going to be important as this game goes on. The innate abilities um, basically don't require force. It's just a, an ability that the special ability that unit has. Um, those are broken down into your tactics and identity abilities. So the tactic abilities are special innate abilities that basically allow units to work together. And I believe this was shown with like the Rex ability where he can have other clone units do, do a, the um, advance and hunker down. Um, then there's also the identity abilities. Those are unique to just your primary units. Uh, each primary ability also has is explained is, explains how they're triggered and how they're used in the text of the ability itself. So in this article, they did provide us with the 
stat card for General Anakin Skywalker. And as they, you can see, he does have one active ability, two reactive abilities, and one identity ability. Uh, so breaking those down, his active ability is Force Jump, where he can spend one Force, and each character in this unit may use the small, small movement tool. Um, the Force Jump, from what I had seen in the video, the demo video, does not take does not matter whether it's a, a elevated um, onto a higher level or anything along those lines. The two reactive abilities that he has is I'm going to end this, where it says after this unit makes a combat action, it may use this ability. One character in this unit may make an attack targeting one of the same enemy characters within range and line of sight. So basically he gets to make another attack using that ability, but it does cost two force. Uh, there is also deflect, um, and it looks like it's after a probably a ranged attack targeting a character in this unit is resolved. This unit may use his ability and roll, uh, in, in the attack roll contained one, if the attack roll contained one and it's a miss uh, symbol, the attack, the attacking unit suffers two damage. Um, so that that is a basically a, like he uses his lightsaber to deflect a blaster, and he hits the hits them back for two damage. So that's pretty neat. And then he also has his his identity ability. This is where the fun begins, and it says when a character in this unit wounds an enemy primary unit or secondary unit, after the effect is resolved, move this. Struggle token one space towards your momentum token. This is the, uh, sorry. then if the wounded unit is a primary unit, each unit galactic republic character may, it, it has the symbol for stamina. So I'm not sure what that's referring to exactly, but it does. Uh, so he has that special ability. Basically, if he wounds a primary unit that is part and. Uh, and it's uh, basically each Galactic Republic character probably like heals one wound is probably a way that I would think that that would, would go or what that is trying to imply. In the transmission, they do show one ability on the back of Bo-Katan's card. Uh, that ability is called Pride of the Mandalore. And it does say, at the start of this unit's activation, choose another allied Mandalore character mandalorian character that chosen character may i believe that's again advance not do a dash probably the small advance uh what's important to note about this is that it's the mandalorian tag so she can take any mandalorian unit that's maybe a secondary or, or um, sorry a supporting unit not secondary because she is a secondary any ma supporting mandalorian and use that or if in the future we get a Mandalorian that's a primary, she may be able to use that for them. But we, at this point in time, we don't have any, we don't know of any Mandalorian primaries at this time. So, but we do know that there is at least two different Mandalorian supporting units: the ones that come with Gar Saxon, and the ones that come with Bo-Katan as the secondary. So there is a choice there to mix and match and have that synergy with either one of those units if you if we wanted to use different ones, which is very exciting. So the last thing they just give us a sneak peek at in the 
in the article itself is the stance cards. The stance cards have multiple um, things located on them. The main piece that you see is their combat tree. Uh, now, they don't go into detail of what the combat tree is in the article, but they do go into detail in the demo video. And basically what that is, is it's the path in which you deal damage during at when you're resolving your dice rolls. Um, so each one of those is different damage and there's different symbols that are on there as well for different statuses that you will dish out to the person that you attacked. Uh, they don't, again, they don't go into great detail in this article and they kind of glazed over it in the demo. Uh, so I don't want to go into great detail about what those are, but they, they have different hindering statuses to your particular unit that you're going, that you're attacking, such as them not being, not being able to move or not being able to roll as many dice when they attack, things along those lines. Uh, they also break down what the attack dice and what the defense dice are against range and melee. The tr upside down triangle is the dice that you will be rolling for for melee range attacks and then and also for your melee attacks uh, they do show the lord maul card and for example lord maul does not have a range attack but he only has a melee uh, but he also but they do also break down the the dice the square is for the defense dice against those different abilities as well where lord maul would have five for each they also have something where it says uh, for their melee um, attack and their their defense and what those are for is the different symbols on the dice where it's a oh, I can't remember what they called it in the video unfortunately but basically it's if you don't get a crit or an attack or a miss there's a fourth symbol uh, fo I believe they call it focus and that would be what you would add those up to do additional different abilities, whether it be a block um, for defense or whether it's another damage um, or critical hit for your attacks. So there's there's a lot of different information on that card that deals with basically your combat when you're making your attacks within the game itself. And that covers the two transmissions that we I wanted to cover in today's podcast. As always, I thank you for listening. If you want to add some comments, you can definitely do so in your podcasting listening device or uh, application of choice. Or you can check me out on Facebook or on my Instagram and leave comments for the different episodes there on what you think. I'm always happy to respond to any comments that you do have. Again, thanks for listening and have a great day.